Hey, you know what? As we come around uh, the word today, it's going to be good. And I just realized the last few times I've spoken seem to be on a theme of sorts, or at least a little stuck in a theme, which uh, is a good thing. A, a few weeks back, I shared a message called Stay Hungry. Uh, if you can remember that around uh, the importance of building spiritual appetite uh, or an appetite for God uh, in, in our lives. And then last week, uh, we talked about making room for, for Him, for God, and how we can create space in our lives for the Holy Spirit to move. You can listen and watch any of those messages and any of the others in between uh, me speaking. And I just, I just felt uh, today in a, a similar vein, let's just call this repetition for emphasis, uh, just want to continue down this track of, of encouraging you to keep your passion for God the number one priority in, in all, uh, all that you do to, to keep your, your faith alive. And it just, it seems to me, uh, and this is what God's been speaking to me personally about, and so I'm just kind of pushing it onto you too. Uh, and, but it just seems to me that if I can do that one thing at the very least, if I can just really work on that passion, work on that hunger, work on that pursuit for Him, then I'm going to be doing everything else well. Uh, and so if you've got a Bible, uh, two places, it'll come up on the screen as well. But Romans chapter 12, and, and we're going to end up in the book of Leviticus. Whoa! Oh, uh, it's, it's okay though. Leviticus 6, it'll come up on the screen. It's good practice sometimes to turn, to uh, flip pages and, and to read as we preach. Uh, if, if anything, just to make sure I'm actually reading from the Bible, I could be making it up. Maybe I'm testing you this morning and you need to check up on me. Uh, and if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes today, I've entitled this message, Put Another Log on the Fire. Put another log on the fire. Cook me up some bacon and some beans. Let's pray. <laughs> Jesus, we thank you for your presence, which is, which is, you're already here. We sense and experiencing that right now. We pray, God, for your word. And as Alistair's already, already said, you, you don't stop moving just because we stop worshiping. We're still in that place, that space right now for you to speak and and uh, just encourage us and challenge us, but do something real and tangible in us today through your word, I pray in, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, wow. Hey, we are right in the middle of winter. I believe we're kind of right in the middle there. It's sort of probably been, I reckon, one of the coldest weeks of the year this past, past week. There's ice on the road that leads to our neighborhood just sort of permanently there and uh, the snow on the hills, which I can almost see from, from here. And, and uh, it's beautiful, but freezing cold mornings. How many had to break ice off their car windscreens to get to church this morning? Whew, it's rough, isn't it? It's tough. But um, who, who has a fireplace in their home? A couple of people. Oh, yeah, a few people got fires. We just have a, a heat pump in our home, but there's nothing quite like a fire, is there? Just the, the, the warmth or the heat that a fire puts out and, 
and just sitting around the fire. There's just something special uh, about that. Does anyone remember? I don't think you can do this anymore, but you could, you could like stock up your fire. And then in, in our old fire, had one of those slidey things where you could turn it right down and right up. I think they've removed those now. I'm not sure you can still do that. Oh, you, right, I'm just going to call the council on you. Thank you very much for what I needed to do. But um, stock the thing up, turn it right down, and, and then in the morning you could just turn, the, turn it up again and the, and the embers would sort of, just sort of light up. But I remember when it was really cold, we had a fire, I think we had young, young, young children in, in the house. I would get up at like 2 or 3 in the morning and chuck another log on the fire to keep, to keep, the, place, uh, to keep the place warm. Do you know that the Bible uh, in Romans 12 suggests that we ought to do a similar thing with our faith. And it even uses the illustration of fire to make this point. In Romans chapter 12, verse 11, we're going to read from the New International Reader's Version. First time I've ever read from this today. That's the N-I-R-V. It says this, Paul speaking to the Roman church, he says, We're to never let the fire in our hearts go out. But we're to keep it alive and serve the Lord. Never let the fire in your heart go out. Keep it alive and serve the Lord. And I just want to uh, read that out again, I'm just, uh, just as, a, as a kind of encouragement here. Never let the fire in your heart go out. Keep it alive and, and serve the Lord. And of course, the, the fire here, if we understand the context, is talking about a spiritual fire, a spiritual fervor. I think that word is used in most of the translations, a, a zeal or a passion for God. Never let that passion, never let that zeal, never let that fire go out. We have to keep it alive somehow and we're going to talk about how this morning keep it keep it alive that that uh that fire the greek word used here which was the original language of the new testament it literally means where it says fire to be hot or to boil with heat and of course it's figurative but it's suggesting that with this kind of fire in our in our lives a spiritual fire where to serve god Paul says, with all of that, keep it alive, keep it burning, and serve, serve the, the Lord. Serve Him, live out your faith, pursue Him with that kind of fire. Wow. Not, don't serve Him because it, it, it's you know, out of obligation, like it's, it's your religious duty. Paul's saying, no, 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 don't, don't, no, don't go down that track. Don't, don't do it, even because you just know that it's the right thing to do. But do it, serve Him pursue him, have your faith lived out because you are burning hot for Jesus. You're burning hot for him and, and let that alone be your motivation or, or, or at least it, it should be the, the, the key motivation of why we do what we do, why we turn up on days like today, why we, why we worship Jesus and, and live out our, our faith together. I love this quote from Samuel Chadwick. It'll come up in a moment on the screen. He was a Methodist minister in the early 20th century, the 1900s. Uh, and he had this powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit halfway through his ministry. He was already a minister. He was already, uh, already preaching. 
And, uh, and then he says he began after this encounter to really burn for God. And it, and it, says, it says this, the soul's safety is in its heat. Truth without enthusiasm, morality without emotion, ritual without soul make for a church without power. Destitute or devoid of the fire of God, nothing else counts. Possessing fire, nothing else matters. We must have that passion, that fire, that, that zeal, zeal for Him. And I'm, I'm just convinced more than ever uh, uh, today, that if we can have that, if we can just have that, that spiritual hunger and that fervor for His righteousness and His kingdom and, and His ways and His purposes, and his, if that can be the, the burning thing in, in, our, in our lives, everything else will just sort itself out. In fact, it's a promise that Jesus said, seek first His, his righteousness. And all else will be given to you. And, and, and it's why Jesus said, you know, the greatest commandment you want to know of all of the things that were taught in the law, how, how it could be summed up or wrapped up. He said the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. In other words, with everything you've got, love Him. Love Him with passion. Love Him with that, with that in, inner fire for, for Him. And, and I've found when that is happening in my life, when I, when I find myself in that place or I, I pursue, pursue Him with that kind of passion, I'm, I'm not troubled with sin. I'm, I'm not distracted by the mundane. I'm not overwhelmed with fear much when a passion for God is, is burning. I'm not concerned when I'm consumed with Him. Yeah, that is good. You could write that down. I'm not, I'm not concerned about much when I'm consumed with Him because I got things the, the right way. And, and Paul here in Romans 12 is saying, hey guys, don't let that fire go out. Don't let the fire for, for God go out. Keep it alive. You've you got to keep it burning. Don't let the heat come down. Keep the fire burning. And that is going to require us to put another log on the fire and to keep putting a log on the fire. Just imagine, maybe of your own life, what it would look like if each one of us was personally burning like this for God like fully stoked, a full stocked fire that in our, in our heart. What would it look like for every Christ follower who had a, a faith that was always ignited and always hot? Now, I know that we go through ebbs and flows and there's stuff that happens in, in life, but when it comes to our faith, you know, I was re reading some of, a lot of quotes this morning, some of the uh, uh, words of, of great men of God and uh, obviously women too, but I've got a few here. John Wesley, the leader of the revival movement out of the Church of England in the 18th century, uh, which became the Methodist movement. He, he's believed to have said this powerful quote on the screen. He said, light yourself on fire with passion and people will come from miles to watch you burn. Light yourself on fire 
and people will come and watch you burn. I remember when Hanayana was here a few weeks ago, he, he said to me, Wes, if I catch on fire, don't put me out. <laughs> but there's a, there's a guy who's full of a passion for God and wants to pursue all, all that he has. And so I just want to encourage you today to, to, uh, to get your faith hot. Get your faith hot. It's cold outside. Get your faith hot and keep things stoked up. Amen. Amen. So I just want to briefly outline five, five logs. <laughs> if, we've got a, if this is called putting, put another log on the fire, I want to just, just share briefly five logs that you can put on the fire of your faith to ensure that it never goes out and is always kept burning. All right. You ready for that? And these are not exactly revelatory, uh, and nor may they be anything you've not heard before. In fact, you probably heard it just last week, as I said, repetition for emphasis. But if, if we can develop and, and, uh, and consistently create a lifestyle with these types of things, then you will continually burn for Jesus. And, you know, we can pray for the fire of God to come. And maybe we'll even do that in just, in just a moment. But, but listen, what God lights, what God ignites, we must maintain. Okay, and so it's, it's one thing to have these encounters with Him, but we must steward what, what He's done. What He ignites, we've got to keep burning. We have to keep burning. And, and you know, the Bible repeatedly admonishes us to put in place patterns and practices and habits to steward what the Holy Spirit does. And uh, we, th we thank Him. That it's, 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 it's Him who lights the fire, right? It's not something that we got two sticks, little sticks, and whittle it through and get some dry. No, it's, it's Jesus who lights the fire in us, but we've got to keep it burning. We've got to keep it stoked. We've got to put another log on the fire. We, we've got to do that. So here we go. Five logs, five logs that will keep your fire hot. And, and as I said, these are going to be uh, no, no surprises. Number one, worship. You, you want to keep the fire stoked, then, then you need to know what it is and pursue a lifestyle, the pattern, the habit of, of worship. We had such a powerful time on Friday night with a number of different churches over uh, at, at Founders Park. And I'm just thinking about worship and being, being lost in worship. And I'm actually specifically talking about worship in song and worship in praise and worship with music in, in this one. Because I don't personally know of much greater fuel than the log of worship to increase the heat that I have for God. It's just something about it how, uh, uh, you know, and I know we all have different abiding styles and different ways that we feel His presence and, and connect with Him. But worship engages so much if we are intentional with it. Uh, it centers our, our, uh, our affection and our attention on God. It just has uh, a way of, of doing that. It, it seems to usher in His presence more than any other devotion that I know. Uh, and and it, it's, it, it declares things about Him. You know, we're not just singing words that we can kind of read on a screen like some kind of karaoke, but we're declaring truth about who He is. 
It's prophetic in nature. We are singing things about God and we can be speaking uh, life and blessing over our allies in, in, in worship. It, in, when we worship this morning, we're being reminded of his character and nature and his attributes. It's a powerful thing. Um, uh, it engages all every part of it. It engages my mind. It engages my, my spirit. It engages my body if you want to start moving and dancing, right? And, and you know, David in Psalms, he understood the secret of worship. In Psalm 34, verse 1, he decided that, you know what, I'm going to bless the Lord at all times. Praise will continually be on my lips, he, he, he said. So, you know, when we, when we gather together for worship in, on, our, on our Sunday mornings, times like we have, and it was amazing this morning, don't just read the words on a screen like karaoke and just go through the motions, right? Which sometimes we can, we can fall into that trap of just... But, but if you don't feel like it, make it a sacrifice of praise. That's actually biblical, right? It's, it's, it's there because we get it. There are times when you just don't feel like it. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be painful to push in and press in and, and make, it a, make it a sacrifice. You know, if you can't sing, who cares, right? I know God doesn't. Belt it out even louder. All right, come on. Let's, let's make it a sacrifice of praise. And I just lost all my notes. They've just disappeared. So anyway, but, but worship is, is such a powerful, powerful tool for us to get, in, get into His presence and pursue Him and press, press into Him. Number two, number two, I think that's all I've said there. Yeah. It's for the audience of one. We're doing it for him. So break out and worship. You know, break out of your chair, out of your seats, into the aisles. We can dance. We can stand on the chairs, if you will. It's rented. You know, we don't own them. They're here today, so I hope they heard that. But wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. But warm the room and warm your life with worship and praise. It's important, and it's a great log. Number two, number two, pray. Pray. Oh man, I've heard these all before, Pastor. Yeah, no, it sounds simple, but it works. And prayer is a fire keeper. Talking to God, you know, acknowledging our need for Him. On Friday night, it was one of the first things that I kind of felt to lead people in. Just a prayer that 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 acknowledges God. I need you desperately, like more than I realize. I need you. And and prayer is 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 part of that. It's 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 so many things. It's how we become acquainted. Uh, to his voice, recognizing that still small voice. It's where we both bring our requests to God and, and where he requests things of us, right? That's, that's prayer. It's a two-way thing. It's, it's talking to God and listening, listening to him. Uh, I've, I've got here, practice praying in the spirit. Uh, Jude 1.20, not on the screens. It says, but you, but you beloved, Build yourselves up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. I mean, you find anyone who is a prayer warrior and you'll find someone with a fire for God. Yeah, they just go hand in hand. You won't find someone who is stirred to pray and just be kind of a, a passionless person. People who pray find there is a fire building. It's hotter and hotter for God. Samuel Chadwick, again, 
Uh, another quote from him, and this is, I don't think it's on the screen. It says, prayer turns ordinary mortals into men of power or women of power. It brings power. Prayer brings power. It brings fire. It brings rain. It brings life. It brings God. Prayer is fuel. Prayer is fuel. And so is, by the way, praying for other people. If you want to add that on as a kind of a, a bonus. Not just praying for others. You want, to, you want to kindle a fire? Get, find someone to pray for. And I just found, man, when, 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 when the embers feel low and I, and I actually pray for somebody else, it does something too. So, in fact, put your arms on someone next to you and just pray for them. Pray God's blessing on them. Just take two seconds, 30 seconds rather. I want to just pray for someone. Come on, there's a gentleman by, by himself. I'm praying for you, bro. Jesus, we thank you for your blessing. Bless your blessings, Lord, I pray your blessing to richly cover us in Jesus' name. Thanks. Thank you, God. Yeah. Thank you for the fire of God in our lives, Jesus. Come on. All right. Amen. Number three, the third log. You're going to put something on the fire? Put this one on. And, I, and I've put the word read in here, but really what I, what I should have said is meditate. Meditate on the Word of God. Uh, and and, and yeah, I love these words of Jeremiah, not on the screen. It's, it says, Jeremiah 20 verse 9, or the last part of verse 9, His Word, the words of God, were in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones. In Luke 24, you may remember the story. Uh, there are two disciples on the road to Emmaus, the seven-mile miracle, it's called, and discouraged because they didn't know what had happened to Jesus. It was just following his death and resurrection, but they didn't realize he was actually, he'd actually been raised. And it says in verse 32 of Luke 24, as they'd finished hearing the words of Jesus, they say, were not our hearts burning within us? As he, Jesus, spoke with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. We want to we understand what it means to rekindle or have that flame hot. Then meditate on the words of Jesus and read God's word and, and remind ourselves of his, of his promises. Open the scriptures up and, and let it be said, man, my heart is burning as he speaks to me. We, we, we called this last week that devotional space when, when we make room uh, for him. I encourage every single one of us, young people and older people, right, to, to, to uh, uh, open the Word of God. Find a Bible reading plan of some sort. It can be just for a couple of minutes a day or, or many minutes a day, but get into God's Word and allow it to transform you. Listen, you are always going to be led by something. And in this day and age, I said this last week, it, it, there's, there's so much contrary to God's word swirling around us. If you don't open it, then that is going to be what transforms your mind and not his word. 
It's not going to be enough watching a couple of quick Facebook videos or listening to this message. You are going to have to maintain that fire by opening those words up yourself and meditating on them. That is what is going to rekindle and kindle that, that flame of fire. Everyone say, put another log on the fire. All right. Number four. I like this. Number four, get around other fires. You want to know what it, what, will, what it will take to get hot and stay hot? Get around other people who are hot. There's a lot of hot people here today. Oh, yeah. Woo! Someone once said this, quote, Show me your closest associations and I will show you your future. What it's talking about is the people we hang around with, the relationships. You, you are... You are the average of the five people you spend most of your time with. Think about it. People wear off on us. They influence and, and affect us. That's why the scriptures say, as iron sharpens iron, we, we encourage one another. We, we each have uh, an, an effect on, on that. Uh, if you want the fire blazing in your life, you've got to associate with people who are blazing. It's just the way, the way that it works. The opposite will happen as well. If you spend the bulk of your time, and I know we, we live in a secular world and we have jobs, but, but if you spend a lot of your time with, with compromised people, with the lukewarm, you too are going to cool off. So you've got to have key people in your life to help you burn brighter, stronger. Amen. Spend time with hungry, fire-filled people, and that will stoke the fire in you. That's like the, the, like the 112th good reason to come along to church on a Sunday morning, right? To get with people who are burning. I don't know what kind of week you've had. I spent a couple of days in bed with the cold, but this is important. This is one of the reasons why we come together, because when we're not feeling so hot, someone else next to us is, and man, I can just feel myself warming up. Thanks so much. It's important to gather together for that one good reason right, right there. Number five, number five, last one. Did I say there were five logs? Right, so this will be the last one. No, number five, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Be baptized in the Holy Spirit. John the Baptist said in Matthew 3 verse 11, he says, I baptize you with water. That's what I've been doing. I'm, I'm baptizing people in water for repentance. But after me comes one, speaking of Jesus, who had just arrived on the scene, who is more powerful than I, this is Matthew 3.11, and whose sandals I am not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And, and I've put this one last because like, it's... The baptism in the Holy Spirit is like one of those fire starters, those, those kind of things that you throw in your fire. Uh, what are they called? Oh, man, they're called little lucifers, aren't they? That's, that's not a good illustration. <laughs> Move on quickly. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like a fire bomb in our lives that will just, just kind of 
kick things into gear. It'll, it'll bring you a charge of life to all of those areas. It'll make the, the time that you do read God's word, which can sometimes be hard and, and, make, and, and sometimes, you know, like, oh man, I'm just not getting anything. But with the Holy Spirit, it will, it will enlighten and awaken things uh, uh, for your prayer life will come alive because of that baptism of the, the Holy Spirit. Um, I love the testimony of D.L. Moody. He was the uh, 19th century evangelist. And he said of his own experience, again, he was already ministering, but was, had this encounter, this fresh filling of the Holy Spirit many years after his con- uh, conversion. Not on the screen. He says, I could only say that God revealed himself to me in that experience. And, and I had such an experience of God, the dry days were gone. If anyone's feeling dry with their faith, you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I had been all the time tugging and carrying water, and now I had a river that carried me. Could someone just close the door? There's just people working in the kitchen back, back there. And so we, we believe the baptism in the Holy Spirit is an essential experience that is available to every believer. And it's subsequent from salvation. Baptism of the Holy Spirit won't save you, but it's, it's God's plan for us to actually do the stuff and be the people that He wants us to be. Acts chapter 1.8, just a perfect little scripture there. Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He's not talking about the Holy Spirit coming in you, which is the rebirth salvation experience, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when He comes upon you, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria until the ends of the earth. What He's saying, in fact, He told the disciples, wait, don't go just yet. You've got to wait for the Holy Spirit who will come. And you know the story, the day of Pentecost, tongues of fire, praying in tongues, all that shakabundering and dramatic and crazy things happening following that. It's, it's the power of the Holy Spirit upon our lives that enables us and graces us to do the stuff that, that we're called to do. And we will gladly pray for anyone here today who's not ever received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We'll do that today uh, if you're hungry for that. Uh, but, but be filled with the Holy Spirit and be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes He leaks for various reasons. And we need to be continually filled with His presence and His empowerment and, and, his, and His grace. Have the fire that comes from the baptism and it'll fire up those, those other areas. So I want to give some time for the, for the Holy Spirit to come. He's, he's here, but maybe the band could come. That'd be, that'd be great. With, wow, it's already 11.35. Okay. It's all good. It's, <laughs> Leviticus chapter 6. I promise you it's not going to be a downer to go to the book of Leviticus. It's like a scary place to go to, isn't it? Only second to the book of Revelation. In, in the book of Leviticus, in the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and this will come up on the screen. Basically, chapters 1 to 7 of the book of Leviticus are describing 
in the old covenant, this way of offering sacrifices to God in the tabernacle and the tent of, of meeting, the tabernacle of Moses and all the different offerings and the reasons why and the sacrifices of animals and, and different ones that they would have to do to stay atoned and protected by God. And there, there was the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fellowship offering and the sin offering and the, and the guilt offering. It was basically just one big long barbecue of burning. And in Leviticus 6, chapter 9, if you can see behind Matt's head, it, it gives specific instructions about how the burnt offering was to remain on the altar all through the night. Listen to some of these words with what we've just talked about. That the fire must be kept burning. Verse 12, it says again, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning, the priest, these are instructions from God, is to add firewood to put another log on the fire. Verse 13, he says again, the fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. And so you have these three verses where, where uh, three times we read this repeated in this context, a warning to the children of Israel, to the priests, the Levites, the fire must be kept burning. It must not go out. You have to keep wood on the altar and keep burning. And I honestly believe it's the same thing today for us, that we are the tabernacle of God. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God is saying, see Leviticus isn't that scary, the same thing to us today. We must keep that fire burning in our lives. It has to be the fuel. It has to be the thing where our faith comes from. It's got to be from that, not obligation, not religion, not form, not just because you're a nice person, but because there is a fire in you that you are kindled and blowing on and breathing on and, 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 and it's spreading. It's that which is causing your faith to be lived out and worked out. And that is God's purpose and, and His plan. Your personal fire must be kept burning. Why don't we just stand this morning as we begin to wrap this up. Listen, a cooled fire, a fire that has gone out or, or going out is a breeding ground for complacency and compromise. Let me say that again, a cooled fire, a fire that you have allowed to go out will be a breeding ground for complacency and compromise. You know it's true, right? We've all experienced those, those things. And What is it? Man, oh wow, my hunger for God has waned. Why are all these distractions now appealing to me? But a well-stoked fire is an environment for God to really work in. It's a key. It's a key for us. It's a key for us. Let's just spend a couple more minutes if we could. Just, it's a way of responding. And 